Fashion Lab Africa. Real conversations, real fashion. Welcome to the Fashion Lab, beautiful people. Now, today is another day where we take you on another fashion journey. Uh, my name is Liz Ogumba Regisford, your host. And thank you for tuning in once again. I hope that this new season is still as exciting. I was actually asking someone yesterday if it's more of a 2020 or if it's becoming 2020. <laughs> you know how we all started with 2020. <laughs> and then we were like 2020 and they're like happy Feb. <laughs> Next thing it'll be a happy month. But anyway, today we are taking you to school. Let's just call it African Textiles 101. And I think it's a very important topic for those of you who have these t-shirts called It's Time for Africa and you don't know jack about what's happening in the continent. Maybe this is a great time to adapt and to open up your minds because we want to take you on this journey. Now, the global textile industry impacts nearly every human being on the planet. We cannot even deny that. The industry is currently worth nearly US $3 trillion dollars and it includes the production refinement and sort of sale of both synthetic and natural fibers used in thousands of industries now according to Sheng Lu's report on market size um, of the global textile and apparel industry 2016 to 2021 or 22 is sort of a, quite a fat report now the textile mills market primarily includes yarns and fabrics uh, the market is estimated based on value of domestic production plus imports minus imports all valued at uh, manufacturer prices. Now, the value of the global textile mills market totaled $748.1 billion in 2016, and in that, around 83.7% were fabrics and 16.3% uh, were yarns, and then went up to 3.5% from a year earlier. The compound annual growth rate of the market was 2.7% between 2012 and 2015. You look at the Asia-Pacific group, which is accounting for 59.6% of the global textile mills uh, market valued. Uh, that was in 2016. I think that was up to 54.6% in 2015. Europe and the US uh, definitely accounts for a further 19.1% and 10.8% of the market, respectively. So guys, it's good to also look and understand what these things mean from a numbers perspective. The global textile mills market forecast is forecasted to reach 961 billion dollars in value by 2021 so that's an increase of about 28.5 percent when you look at this since 2016 so the compound annual growth rate of the market between 2016 and 2021 is forecasted to be about 5.1 percent that's big guys now we just want to focus on africa textile today but it's always nice to also touch base on what else is happening you guys have to think about this continent from the fact that you know we've got a history that goes way back to the 18th century when african fabrics were created across different regions uh, within the continent you know i definitely consider africa as a textile hub with a long-standing skill in crafts uh, textile weaving dyeing printing and all of these textiles what's so cool about them is they don't they're not just textiles they actually communicate age gender occupation ethnicity celebration rituals everything there's just something that means something and is used for something that's just how we roll in this continent so if you're tuned in today guys you're definitely in for another treat but before i delve into deep i want to just introduce uh, our contributors and our team who's joining us today we're joined by madame bali Enle entle joko god why do i not get this right <laughs> bali entle joko yes yes <laughs> who will bring that fashion dose uh, through our fashion alert uh, we're also joined 
joined by our guest contributor Odi Odero who's also going to be bringing in and sharing his insights and we also have a special guest I will plug in shortly as we continue now for those of you who are tuned for the first time make sure you also stay tuned to catch up with our wine style guide where we touch base with everything stylish about wine style go hand in hand that's just me i think so and uh you are definitely uh plugged in my favorite segment at the end of the show is called who would you want to dress and why so please feel free to plug in uh share with us your thoughts we are on the socials on fashion lab af on twitter uh on fashion lab africa on instagram and facebook and we definitely want to hear from you uh and the judge said amen it is the fashion lab that you are tuned in and we are talking or taking you on an african textile tour and we hope that when you are done at the end of this show you'll be smiling or you will your mind will be enriched and elevated higher now we have in the studio uh our fashion alert uh Home girl right here, um, Bali Entle. Uh, welcome to the show, Bali. And I know I haven't seen you for a while, but it's really good to see you look fresh. The whole place, everyone looks so fresh. I don't know if it's the New Year thing or whatever it is, but welcome to the show. Who are you wearing? You look fabulous, by the way. And <laughs> thank who made you. Your clothes. <laughs> I wish I knew who made my clothes, but these are just some black sissy boy Bali. jeans. I don't know. I bought this we are from YDE. <laughs> but we have spoken about this, and I don't want to have to. I do not want to have to do this right here in the middle of all these people okay <laughs> young designers imperium darling that's who i'm wearing good so at least we know that it's not a two dollar we know that there was no child enslaving on this top that's Definitely what that's what not. yes it's very nice i love the tassels thank you and uh what are you wearing below i'm wearing black skinny jeans and then yeah some flats well today. it's really good to see you oh you just like you bring like a beam of light so i know i i do too so i think that that's why the place We're is like well stay does to it <laughs> okay look we all do but thank you for plugging into the show thank you for joining us today good to be back um we also have our guest contributor odi odera welcome to the show odi Hey, hey guys, can you hear me well? Yes, we can. <laughs> awesome, yeah. Welcome <laughs> to the show and thank you for get... joining us. Thank you so much. Yes, yeah, so what oh goodness, I am literally a block from Hugo Boss. I'm in a Hugo Boss suit, super corporate in New York today, so I wouldn't even lie. <laughs> <laughs> Don't lie, we love the diversity. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm full Hugo Boss today because so, I'm around the neighborhood. So, I mean, downtown New York. and uh, yeah some more hugo boss and the weather it's a bit chilly so uh, trying to stay warm out here well thank you for joining us we are excited and like i said diversity is good and as long as we know who we are wearing so that we are not you know caught you know and what are you wearing yes. oh, somebody finally yes. asked me <laughs> what i'm wearing on this show <laughs> ah, i beg i tell you <laughs> hey oh yeah hey i don't tire for this one <laughs> anyway i'm wearing a lisa gumbo um a jumpsuit Mm. Yes, and it's a military nice. inspired jumpsuit. It's got all the badges, you know, I love to collect these badges and just smash them on there. And um I've got my glasses because I wanted to have a, a serious look because I've got a my hair looks a bit nappy. <laughs> <laughs> and the nappiness of it I find com- is always complimented with mm-hmm. the glasses. So the more nappy it goes, the serious the more serious the cut eye is. <laughs> and the more serious <laughs> I am about <laughs> Yes. Is that an all green all green yes, jumpsuit? Yes, all green. Mm-hmm. Yes, honey, you got that Amazing. right. You don't even know but Amazing. you know. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> got it. This is vibrations are real, right? <laughs> you didn't say the color. Life I didn't say the color. And I haven't put anything up yet and there you go, buddy. <laughs> you would like it though. I mean, you're definitely big on style as well as a person. And I think that you would definitely appreciate it. And even if I did a in fact, I know who I want to. Hey, what's up? It's your boy Tweezy. You're listening to Massive Metro. 
Um, I don't know what's happening, but I just know that that was the excitement of the green jumpsuit. So I know that I know who I'm gonna want to dress today. Yeah, I know who I'm gonna want to dress today. But anyway, guys, um, Bali, why don't you just take us on this journey? Let's catch up with the fashion dose, understand what Aguanin in this area, you know, okay, and beyond <laughs> before we plug in to the African textile conversation that we wanna uh, take our listeners through. Okay. Hi everyone. I'm Balentle. Welcome to this week's Fashion Alerts. So this week I'm just taking you to China and then I'm bringing you back to Britain. <laughs> Those are the okay. stories for today, China okay. and Britain. So uh, everyone knows that about the coronavirus right now, right? Mm-hmm. So it seems a bit weird. It's a fashion show, coronavirus, but there's a link because China is one of the fast producing countries in terms of fashion they also consume a lot of fashion so what has the spread of this virus done in china and what can we expect if the virus is not contained and if it's not solved sooner rather than later so basically there's a number of things that are happening one of them being the fact that there's been a huge slump in retail people are not going to malls people are not going to shopping centers are you well, I am because I'm in South <laughs> Africa. <laughs> but people in China are not going to the shopping malls. They'd much rather just stay at home. They'd much rather be indoors. And they're just focusing on their health and rather being safe. Like, literally, people are saying, what am I showing off for? Who am I buying clothes for? Because <laughs> I just need to stay alive. So some stores have actually gone um, around this and they've started to digitalize. So you find that in China, skincare um, retailers, makeup retailers, um, people that sell cleaning items are now allowing people to actually order these items online and have them delivered to their front door. So it's, it's just a crazy place to be right now. But not only that, there's a lot of fashion um, events that are now being postponed and cancelled because people just don't want to spread the virus. For example, um, people are really worried about the fact that Shanghai Fashion Week is taking was meant to take place in March. Now they're worried. Is it going to take place? Is it going to be postponed? Or is it going to be cancelled? Because you don't really want to be having a fashion show and there's a virus going around and taking a chance and making people really really sick lastly not only that it's the fact that it's the chinese new year celebration right now it's the time of the year where they really spend a lot of money shopping there's people going to malls and shopping centers but right now they're just not doing that they're not up for it they'd much rather just be at home and be safe and this is obviously contributing negatively to the fashion industry and its grocery stores and stores that provide things like your cleaning items that are actually doing the most and succeeding. So we really, as the fashion industry, hope that there's a a cure to the virus and the spread is curbed um, because it could get really, really bad very, very quickly. What do you (laughs) think, Liz? Well, um, I was going to say that, um, first of all, somebody asked me the other day, they were like, are you not worried about Corona? I was like, me, I don't drink Corona. I don't drink beer. <laughs> I was like, Corona? Yes. What the hell is Corona? Yeah. Anyway, you know, the virus is there. And I think for me, what I find interesting is when people say, oh, you travel a lot or don't go to China. The problem is people don't realize that, you know, when you travel into a country or a territory as a traveler, if you have a f- flight full of people, people are from all over the The world world. Mm. and they're going to wherever they're going and they don't leave in the airport when they arrive into the airport they get an uber or whatever they go to their final destination they sit in the restaurants they go to the hospital they go to the offices they're everywhere so when people say it's in china i find that very strange but i think a virus is a virus and Mm. it's and it's there and i'm 
personally, I'm not worried about. I know that I can, car- you know, I can create my own <laughs> fashion. So, I'm just saying, I generally wear me, so I'm not very worried about that mm. part. But I think that you know, guys, just it's a virus. Mm. Like Ebola was a virus, so let's just hope that it doesn't catch you. Yeah. But it's people are there, people moving around. Odi, what do you think? Any two cents? Odi. Odi, Odi. Yes, I'm here. So, yes. Odi, yes. Odi, do so you know? Do you, did you hear me, Odi? <laughs> yes, I did. I, I said Odi, Odi. So, guys, I just want to break that down before Odi says what that means. Odi <laughs> in Swahili means knock knock. So when I say Odi, Odi. It's not Hello. a joke. It's a real high knock knock. All right, Odi. <laughs> That's my commercial break. It's fine, Odi. Should I say mashallah? <laughs> Let me take you to Britain so I can wrap it up. Okay, so I think Odi, do you have any feedback on the on the? Yeah, I, I, I was just I was gonna go say something on a serious note actually. So down here in New York City, of course, several brands are affected. As you know, Apple has closed all its stores, mm. and uh, we have a few fashion brands that I wouldn't name that are actually are stuck right now with their stocks right they're not getting their stuff back and production has ceased in most uh, actually predominant fashion brands that are in china are having a difficult time now mm. they can't fill up stocks yeah so like major brands are affected and the apple just called close its toes and a few corporate offices are totally they don't know what to do so it's it's like a major global issue with china right now even the stock exchange is affected so it's it's a global issue it is Definitely. You're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of stores yeah. and malls that have closed down and they've shortened their hours. And I mean, in fashion, when somebody like China gets a cold, <laughs> the rest of the world <laughs> will feel it. Mm-hmm. Guys, so. do you think I'm too bubbly <laughs> for this conversation? No, let's move on. Let, let's yeah. move on. <laughs> I love it. I okay. love it. Bring let's, let's move on, buddy. <laughs> okay. So lastly, now I'm taking you to Britain. So this past Sunday, it was the BAFTA Awards. So that is the British... Um, Academy Fashion and Arts Awards. They took place and basically because they're trying to be green, they're trying to do better, they told the invitees and they told the guests to please make sure that they stick to the memo. And the memo is we're having a green carpet. Not a literal green carpet, but a carpet in the sense that don't buy something new. Don't get something designed for you. The idea is for you to either rewear something you've worn before, mm, come, to come rent wear that something dress again, <laughs> as if rent something out or wear vintage. That's all they said. They said we're trying to be environmentally safe, we're trying to be environmentally um friendly. So this is what the guests must do. Guess what? what? Did did they did the people oblige? Did the <laughs> What do you think? <laughs> they did. Only what do you think? Do you think they're obliged? <laughs> Would you have obliged, Liz? You guys would, would you? just think I'm crazy. I know our listeners, I'm not crazy, <laughs> but no, I wouldn't. You wouldn't. I'll, I will need a new gown for the for the <laughs> award ceremony. Please don't make me wear the dress I wore last March. Like, exactly. seriously. I, I'm sorry. Exactly. Well, BAFTA was just trying to try something new. They want to be more... Um, <laughs> green. Green, basically. So the only two people, literally two people, <laughs> that actually listened was the Duchess of Cambridge, which is Kate Middleton. She apparently wore something that she wore in 2012. But she does that all the time anyway, so that's not oh. news. And then who, who else? And <laughs> sorry. Oh, my word. And then... Um, <laughs> she does that. Is oh. that news? 
Well, I mean, no. she listened to what they told. Audi, is that news or am I crazy? <laughs> Did I miss a news flash? No, you know, crazy. <laughs> okay, good. But, but I think it's somehow going to. I don't know whether it's a fad or a trend. Some yeah. of us have always lived this yeah. way, but yeah. it seems like it's really getting out of control. I, yes. I know that's a diff- whole different conversation, but it's really getting out of control. I, I don't want to disrupt this, but that's a whole talk, as you all know. Yes. You know, I agree with you, but I think for me, like I said, as as from a rebellious perspective, but also from like, let me do me, because we know what we need to do, yes. seriously. And we know that Definitely. we are conscious people, you know? Yes. So I think that, you know, setting the rules and telling me I can't make a new dress will make me make three. In fact, I'll have three changes for the <laughs> evening. <laughs> rebellious. I'll, I'll be on the freaking, what you call it, I'll be on the letter on the, I'll be on the headline. <laughs> The headline news. She wore three dresses. She wore three and she still had two in the case that she she didn't have enough time to wear the others. Exactly. But but I hear you. I think for Mm. me, everything we've been talking about, we've spoken about even sustainability. There's an element of sustainability that I find is not, is is more from a trend or fad perspective. Like it's not, it's not someone's reality. It's a, and then there's a real, a real thing or a real sentiment about it. So maybe we need to start true, finding true, out true. who's maybe we should have our little thumb stamps and everyone stamp up and then you get divided and then those who have a, a black mark on the door no okay guys <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying if you have a green mark you made it if you have a black one it means you are fake again <laughs> go home yeah <laughs> so literally I, I, I think it's very complicated <laughs> Okay, so Kate Middleton and Jacqueline Phoenix, who he already decided that a long time before. He said that he's only got one tux tuxedo that he's going to be wearing by Stella McCartney. And everyone must know that that is the tuxedo he will be wearing to every other award ceremony. A lot of people judged him when he made this statement. But, I mean, months later, it now shows that other people and BAFTA and other industries are also trying to get on board and say, I mean, it's one night, it's one event. You're not going to die if you wear a dress that you wore three years ago, you know. So, I mean, that's what happened. But the green carpet just did not work. People arrived in what they wanted. People were like Liz. They wore three dresses. <laughs> <laughs> so, it didn't work. It didn't really work. Maybe next time. So, from myself and Balentli, thank you so much for tuning in. That was my fashion alert for this week from China to Great Britain. Wow, girl. <laughs> Awesome. Knock me off my face. Mm. Girl, you knocked us off our face. You know what? I really think that this conversation, we obviously don't want to have another topic in the topic. Guys, we are talking textile. If you're tuned in, this is Fashion Lab. We're talking textile, African fashion textile, Afri- African textile industry. And we just want to unpack and open it up a bit more. But I think that, you know, I feel like, you know, when you have such a scenarios like that whole don't wear again, there's so many ways to be sustainable in this world. So we all cannot stop chewing gum at the same time. We all cannot be vegan at the same time. We so I feel like maybe what yes, we have to just be realistic and be true to ourselves and just try to do what you can do within your capacity the way that you know best. It's we are not twins. Jeez. Already. (laughs) Anyway, guys, we are talking fashion, we are talking textile. And I think that textile was a big thing. When we started the show this year, we spoke about, uh, we had different um, callers call in to share with us topics that they would love to hear us unpack. And I know that this is definitely one of those. I think it was Val who was talking about the fact that, you know, we all just focus on that African print, which you can call Ankara or Kitenge or whatever it is, when there's so many different elements of fashion 
or textiles to explore, uh, especially from this continent. Um, so I think that for me, this is the reason that we need to have this conversation. Um, I want to start by just breaking down a couple of um, um, interesting uh, fabrics um, we're going to go through. Um, in Nigeria, you've got your the Akwete, you've got, uh, you've got Ukara, you've got... Uh, Ashoke, you've got a couple of those. We'll move to the east as well, uh, where you've got the Leso, the Kanga, the Kanzu. We're going to move to a couple of different um, so, uh, sort of areas or regions when it comes to the continent. But before we move too far, I want to introduce <coughs> a very special guest. I actually came across this guest um, on Instagram. You know, I'm not a social media fan, by the way, for those who don't know. But I do find some interesting things. And I found this brand... Um, on our Instagram page and uh, checked them out and I was very impressed because I thought they're actually doing something that's worth talking about. So uh, I want to introduce the creative director of Afrique Stable. Her name is Madhu Angela and um, Afrique Stable, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correct, if it's Afrique Stable or Afrique Stable. Actually, maybe it's Afrique Stable, I think. Afrique Stable is an eco um, handmade textile and clothing brand that uses Nigerian textiles like Ashoke, Batik, Adire, and other local prints to sustainably create handcrafted textiles and garments to meet their demand, both from a local and from an international market perspective. Um, <coughs> I want to just roll over to a conversation I had with uh, Madhu. And once we do that, we can plug in and we can sort of get to feel what it is that they talk about and unpack it more in the studio here. So let's uh, welcome to the show, uh, Madhu. Um, yeah, I was driven by this idea of Africans telling their stories, whether good or ugly. Welcome to the show, Madhu, and thank you so much for joining us. Now, before we start this conversation, very important, you're not exempt to it. We all have to respond to this. Who are you wearing today and who made your clothes? Yeah, thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, of course, I'm wearing a Tabel. Who else would I wear if not a Tabel? So, a Tabel dressed me. I am 100% wearing a Tabel. <laughs> yeah. All right, Madhu, let's talk about Afrique Stabelle. I mean, you guys could have been doing anything else. Why get into this $3 trillion textile industry, which is already um, doing so much uh, with such big and huge giant players? What was the, what sort of drove you? What made you feel like this will definitely fulfill some sort of market demand? Um, yeah, I was driven by this idea of Africans telling their stories, whether good or ugly. Because I believe that no one else can tell our stories better than we are. We are in the best position to tell our stories, to tell the, the rest of the world about our our textiles. Because I, I noticed that um, people are beginning to identify with African textiles like never before. People are beginning to appreciate African textiles, appreciate the beauty of African textiles. Because the global narrative that you can ever find is African fashion, African shaping fashion to the rest of the world. If the likes of Michelle Obama, Janet Pinkett and Oprah Winfield can rock African textiles, can rock um, Nigerian fabrics, then what are we not saying? What domination is our, our portion? African fashion is 
already taken all over the place so i believe we are on the right track and african fashion is doing doing great currently so um my company also though we are still startup but we are working towards um seeing um that african fashion it's making a great and a great impact to the global scene wow so let's talk about africa's the bell's mission what is the mission behind this brand okay well our mission is very simple to promote african textiles to revive african textiles to make it fit the times our design our designs should be able to um stand the test of time our designs should be able to fit the 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 fashion the current fashion sense of styles and also we want to you know preserve these beautiful textiles this culture our children should be able to see our textiles because the way things are going now if not um if nothing is done about these textiles within in the next 20 to 30 years they will all vanish because they are beginning to die out people are beginning to abandon this craft their skills maybe lack of, because of um lack of infrastructure and the rest so we are here to promote uh, promote it um, find um, a more modernized way of um, doing this um, this craft of working on these textiles to make it stand the test of time yeah that's our vision now i see you guys use popular nigerian textiles like ashoke i see batik i see adire uh to sort of handcraft your textiles what textile would you say is your biggest seller okay um yeah the biggest sale so far yeah okay is yeah it's batik yeah even though in nigeria they are all called adire but um the, the, it, it, it's it has different method of production like the adire is is tie and dye you know you tie and dye while batik is while you use um a wax technique to create a design so so far it has been batik but a lot of people don't know the difference they are all called it's either you call them adire or batik but because we are in the field we we, we can tell the, the difference between the two but i think people appreciate um batik more uh, than adire because batik um, um a lot of work goes into it a lot of intricate designs um, it's handmade. It's hand-drawn. Um, you 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 find um, a lot of pattern in one fabric, unlike in Adire, like tie and dye. Okay, hi guys. So I decided to start the, 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 this video. The designs are limited in tie and dye, but batik you could make different designs in one fabric, different colors in one fabric, Dif different things, objects you could use to make designs in one in one fabric. So people buy um, batik more and people embrace batik more. So, so far, um, batik has been the biggest sales that um, we have had so far. Yeah. Well, you know, guys, that is um, Madhu. Uh, we are talking to her uh, around the Afrique Stabel uh, brand, which is a very interesting brand. 
and um, I, like I said to me my biggest thing like I said is they do as proud because what they're doing is they're actually okay, hi guys. So I conserving and helping develop the what we call our African heritage so there's development aspect of it because they're obviously doing this on a big scale as a business but I also appreciate the fact that they have focused and taken in this different textiles that a lot of people don't even know about in the continent and they're really moving with it and i think that one of the things we have to do as africans i think very importantly is as much as we make noise about africa it's time for africa whatever we need to actually conserve what we think is so great about this continent so i want to roll over to um odi odi um what do you do you know anything about this textiles do you know anything about adiria shoke have you used or have you thought of using this Obviously, you've also got a fashion brand and, you know, as we have these conversations, we get influenced by different fashion stakeholders in different ways and we, we respond differently. What are your thoughts about what Madi uh, and Afrik Stabel are doing with this uh, textile well, brand? Well, first, I should say that I really like their, their vision. Uh, it's pretty much restoration. But yes, uh, um, as you know, the last few months I've been living in Mexico, actually, since November, I've been living in Mexico since October actually I was living in Mexico and uh, I was so surprised I was uh, in Tulum I uh, went to this really amazing because they're really good on textile there and I saw this very interesting piece and I looked at it and it looked so familiar I came in and asked them oh this is uh, African mud cloth actually we get it from Mali and we, <laughs> we designed it here <laughs> this is the rivera meyer and you should have seen the prices and i was like this is out of this place so it really made me think about how far you could travel the world and find all these intricate pieces and wondering where they came from and she was really actually trying to educate me about this place called mali and it's a mad cloth and it's cotton it's dyed it's painted i met ag and i told ag this story and i must admit that I really have to use some of this on our next collection and I'm actually thinking of using the mud cloth in mm -hmm. one of our new collections. Uh, it, it just has to be done because it doesn't have to go so far for, yes. for you to realize what you really could get so easily and really stimulate growth in other parts of the world. And actually to add on that, I had another experience which there's an Indian recycling company now that is recycling used clothing and creating the Maasai uh, uh, shawls actually hmm. so they're actually exporting this to east africa and it's really made out of recycled clothing just not so far from mumbai and uh, believe it or not so it's mind-blowing you could be sleeping it's it almost makes me feel like uh, a, a diamond mine that is sitting there and you people are just sitting diamond on it. To take it to brussels <laughs> people are sitting on it, on it yeah. and again i'm exactly and thirdly i'm coming back to what i shared with you i was there yesterday at um dior i was at dior boutique yesterday and the main features for dior in this uh, the boutique actually at uh, hudson's it's a uh, african kitenge that's their collection this mm. year so it's it's really mind-blowing and i mm. wish i could share photos which i yes so uh, i really like what they're doing with their brand uh, rejuvenating the african fabrics and i think this is the future if not the present really now i want to ask you also a question are you surprised that out of the ashoke out of like adire and what and you remember i also uh, asked madu about um which fabric is the best selling or the most popular when it comes to sales and she mentioned batik does that surprise you 
that batik is something that a lot of people don't even know in the rest of the continent and and that is the highest selling out of what they produce from a textile perspective well well i'm actually not surprised because think about the sustainability and the organic that we are heading towards all these are handcrafted the natural dyes the, the craftsmanship and i think they have texture style you can play around with the fabric it's mostly locally grown organic cotton it's most locally grown really and so i'm not surprised because the texture in these fabrics it's amazing so uh, but it's quite interesting to learn that yeah, it is quite interesting. Um, what I want to do is, for those of you who are wondering, I'm just going to explain a bit. Now, in Nigeria, textiles such as the unique handwoven Akwete is produced in the town of Akwete in Abia State. And then you've got uh, wow. Ukaraikbe, which is uh, woven, usually dyed blue and also green and red. And it's also crafted and worn by the Igbo. And then you have Yoruba uh, of Nigeria who pride themselves in their very own woven Ashoke. And that's Yoruba. Another very unique clothing and i think out of all of this what's common is the hand dyeing is is one of the things that's common is running through all of these um but i want us to roll over to nigeria with ashan Wai aliogo who will break down three popular nigerian textiles like i said those were the three the ashoke adiwe and uh Kwete. for for you who's listening to sort of understand it a bit further i'm not from Nigeria. i know i sound like it <laughs> but don't worry let's roll over uh-huh. Hi you guys, in today's video I'm going to be talking about three Nigerian textiles you should know about. If you're new, my name is Ashanwa, welcome to Laja. This is a channel dedicated to African fashion, prints and textiles. I have my full outfit photos on my Instagram so be sure to check that out and follow me while you're at it. If not, thank you so much for watching this video and with that, let's begin. Ashoke is a cotton Yoruba fabric originating from Ogun and Oshun states. Today, the fabric is mixed with silk, rayon, and most recently, metallic yarn for aesthetic as well as economic reasons. The most popular uses of Ashoke in clothing, women use it for gili, iro and buba, while men use it for their caps as well as agbada, which is like the cult I'm going out Owambe celebration Oya turn up turn up type of outfit. So Ashoke is a very social and festive cloth. It comes in an array of vibrant colors, very vibrant colors that you know reflect what it is being used for. Mind you, Yorubans aren't the only ones who use it because when you think of festivities, you know Ashoke is you know first in land. Next, we have Adiure. Adiure is translated tie and dye, and this is an indigo resist cloth created by the Yorubas. Indigo, also known as Onikon in Yoruba, is the plant where the dye is gotten from. The pods are mashed, cocoa pods are burnt to ashes, then it is left to soak and ferment with indigo leaves. It's eventually filtered after leaving it for seven to 10 days. And this is what is used to dye and paint on the cloth. There are several methods that allow for a diversity of patterns and designs on Adire. Adire Alabare involves using stitches to resist the dye, while Adire Eleko involves using cassava flour. This acts like a resist dye, kind of like wax prints. The paste prevents the cloth from absorbing dye and this creates the white parts that you see. Different techniques, different looks. Unlike the other two textiles I'm going to mention in this video, Adire was used as an everyday fabric, as an everyday cloth. The colors are often a deep purple, blue, and white. 
I've seen orange, I've seen brown, I've seen green. It's lit, it's popping, and I love it. Finally, we have Aquete. Aquete cloth is a handwoven fabric named after the town in Abia State. It is native to the Igbos, and apparently, Aquete weaving techniques are as old as the Igbo nation. The fabric was originally called Aqua Miri, or in my language, Equa Miri, which means water cloth or a towel. No basic towel, you know what I mean? It was predominantly woven by women on a vertical loom. The material used to sew Aquete also determined what it's used for. Aquete made from hemp is used by masqueraders because they are they are coarser and stiffer. Those made from raffia are used for title ships as well as mourning. Aquete fabric comes in a lot of bright colors, especially black, red, yellow, and white. Motifs that were created on them were unique to the weaver. So if you created the motif, no one was allowed to copy or replicate it and therefore those designs died with the weaver of its creator. Because of the very strong skills that went into weaving Aquete cloth, it was believed that it had been introduced from Ohene in Kwara State, where a similar style had previously existed. The cloth's name is suggestive of its appearance. For instance, the tortoise, which signified wisdom and cunningness, cunningness was worn predominantly by royalty. There are many more Nigerian textiles, but I decided to share three with you today. Please give me a thumb if you found this video helpful and you learned something new. Also subscribe while you are at it. Thank you so much for watching and I'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for that. Wow. I promise you, these videos we run across and we're like, this girl has some information. And seriously, information knowledge is power, guys. So when you get a chance, also as you're following us, uh, we're on Fashion Lab AF on Twitter. We're on Fashion Lab Africa on Instagram and Facebook. And we're going to be sharing this as well through the week. Just so that if you think you missed something or if you think you need more detail, it's just easier to plug in and see what's really happening. But this is the Fashion Lab show. We are talking everything that you want to know about African textiles, the African textile industry. What's what, why, what is different? A lot of people think when people say, is that African fabric? I'm like, gosh, how big of a word is that? I mean, like, how do you how do you call it African textile when there's like a million of them? But anyway, guys, we are uh, keep your tweets coming. We also would love to know, honestly, what your favorite um uh, fabric or textiles from this continent uh, could be of your favorite textile brands so please feel free to share with us um, that information um odi are you in the house yes what are your thoughts buddy i'm coming house. to you as well but I'm, I'm just curious did you hear one of the things that really caught my ear was the aquete and the fact that once it was designed by the origin original dawn of the design you can't copy it anymore it's finished it's done it's finished and that's it I think that's <laughs> I think that that's very that's very cool. What do you guys think about that? I mean, I wish that it, was. It, it's so, so, I think it's so authentic, really, and and most of these patterns almost can't be redone, right? Yes. They're handcrafted, they're hand painted. Yeah. Yes. So there's, there's no there's one so that much. looks like the other. <laughs> there's just so much. Yes, they're like zebras, pretty much. <laughs> really. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's no zebra that looks like it. I mean, it's but they all look alike to us. <laughs> we all no. just see those stripes. It's, it's a unique DNA. And honestly, what this tells me is just I think I have to travel to, to this part of Africa. Like, I've traveled around the world over 120 countries, but I haven't been to this very rich part of the world. So, that's uh, together with the fabrics 
I have to go to Mali and this part of the world and just Nigeria, especially to experience it. It's that was amazing. Did you listen to her? Yes, it, it is amazing. And I think when you come to the yeah. continent, let's yeah. also take you around because you know we we cool like that and we know we know You're we know our way around, you know, a little bit here definitely and there. An <laughs> yes. We, yes, we speak definitely. and twang a little broken here and there, you know. So you just mention where and we go. Bali, what are your thoughts on uh, this uh, conversation around the fabric and the textiles and obviously we're moving across the continent guys don't worry we just started with nigeria because uh the guest we are talking about was also talking about the fact that they actually use this specific fabrics fabrics including adiri akwete and ashoke was also cool to be able to plug it in so you guys understand further but what are what are you feeling what are your thoughts um i feel like it was very informative and also um i i do think it does speak to uh the individuality and the individualism of just african culture and the different consonants having aspects that are signature to them so right now after she's spoken about nigeria and the different fabrics that they use in the textiles i i'm kind of getting a feel of okay so in that region that's what they're about and those are the patterns that they like and this is how it's made and and i have a feeling as we go around the continent we'll be seeing that everything it, it actually applies to each um of the regions mm-hmm. yeah so Wow, guys, that's really cool. I want to roll back over to the brand uh, we uh, of the mo- of the moment of the brand of the evening, which is Afrique Stabel. And like I said, it's eco handmade textiles and clothing um, that you know they use the local prints. They handcraft the textile. Uh, the brand is focused on infusing indigenous textiles with detailed contemporary interpretation to sort of produce these unique prints and ready to wear. So let's roll back over to Afrique Stabel and like just sort of hear what is left out of this conversation i had with her earlier i'm curious to know about your market reach are you guys trading online or is it just offline are you only trading within nigerian markets or have you opened up uh what is your market reach how big is it um both online and offline we have um, a factory where we we produce that's offline then we trade we trade them via our social media platforms and um, also our website and um, we also supply and um, we have a retail store um, that we supply and um, fabrics in morocco and um, in us as well we have clients in us and yeah also in uk we have um, a fashion brand we produce for in uk so we are virtually everywhere like in the global scene local scene we are just everywhere yeah I'm curious to know about your organization's ethos. What do you represent? What do you guys stand for? Okay, um, yeah. Um, our belief is that um, we all can be proud of what we have and um, embrace our own. And be confident to tell people about our culture and um, our origins. Be proud of the beauty and cultural aesthetics of African textiles because um, your origin makes you who you are. It's it's your pride, so you should celebrate it, embrace it, and let people know about it. Yeah. Where do you see the future of the African textile um, hub or movement or industry? 
Well, for me, African textiles or African fashion is here to stay. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. Like Africans, African textiles, African fashions are taking, um, you know, it's taking all over the world currently because you could see African fashion on Africa um, fashion shows all over the world. So this is just the, the, the beginning. Yeah, this is just the beginning. The, the world is yet to hear from us. So we are still preparing for for the world. So I see African fashion um, in the next in the next um, five years all over the world taking over taking over the fashion scene. Let's see. It has already said taking over the the, the fashion world, but I know we are going to go beyond where we are right now because the whole world is identifying with us the whole world is appreciating our textiles and they are embracing it you know what i think it's really been great i'm loving what you guys are doing uh for those of you who are tuned in um i'm sure some of you are wondering how to connect uh so madu if you could please kindly let our listeners know how to connect with you whether it's through the website or instagram please share with us uh your handles or your website so we can connect with you further um you can connect with us on our social media page um on facebook is africa on instagram africa our twitter handle is africa and um, our website is africstabel.com so you could connect with us um via there guys you've heard it all this is africstabel who's just taken us through what they're doing i think it's amazing and um it's great to see if we had like about a hundred of this um textile uh setups in this continent we would be under the bracket of development then we would say we're moving forward so i think that this is really cool um and you've heard how you can connect with them guys this is the fashion lab and we are talking fashion from a textile perspective we're taking you on a tour in this continent we are moving uh we started a bit with nigeria we've spoken to afrik stabel who's a a uh, textile company based in Lagos in Nigeria and now we are moving on to uh, we've also spoken a bit about just opening up and, and and to understand and to help you guys understand what these fabrics actually mean and how they are created and what's so unique and so different about them and now I want to take you to where I'm from and uh, me I'm from the east <laughs> so we are moving from the west to the east by fashion demand and I want to take you there's nothing about which one's better it's just that it's interesting to understand that Africa hashtag Africa is not a country and we have so much uh, to offer in such different ways. So I would like to thank our guest contributor who's holding it down in the studio as well with us today, Odi Odera, Odero. And I would also like to thank Mbali also for holding it down. I really enjoyed the fashion alert. If you're catching this show now, you are kind of halfway, uh, but don't panic. <laughs> you can catch the rest of it and actually find the whole show again and listen to it on the podcast. Um, but otherwise, I want to move to the East now. So we know for sure that, you know, for me, first of all, I want to just say uh, my favorite fabrics from the East, uh, my three top favorite is the Kikoi. Some of you don't even know what the Kikoi is. And we'll open that a bit. Uh, the Kanga, which is also called the Leso, also from the East Africa. 
And uh, Kitenge is a big thing again. Kitenge is like your Ankara, is like your, I think in Zambia they call it Chitenge. So I want us to roll over to a little bit of a breakdown of just what this uh, Kanga represents, what it means. Uh, I want us to also ro roll over to, in the same description where you can also understand what the Kitenge means as well. And then we'll take it from there. So let's roll over and hear a bit more about the Kanga and the Kitenge. This is an exhibit of East African commercial textiles, specifically the Kanga, which is a rectangular piece of cloth with a border around it and an inscription in Swahili, and the Kitenge, uh, a brightly patterned fabric that is essentially a yard good. They are ubiquitous in East Africa. Women wear them, and there is no rite of passage or important occasion that isn't marked by the giving and receiving of this cloth. Because they are mass-produced, they are relatively affordable for East Africans. And it is the cheapest way for an East African woman to look like a million bucks. In traditional cultures, it is often not polite to simply tell somebody how you feel straight to their face. For women in particular, these congas serve as a way for them to communicate to their family, their husbands, their boyfriends, their neighbors, how they feel. This one here says, Mungu atani zawadia kwa uvumulivu wangu, which means, God will reward me for my patience. This conga here says, I will tell you the truth, even if you will hate me for it. This one down here says, we are the two that love each other. Please give us a chance. Typically, in Africa, in the markets and bazaars, they're hung like this so people can choose which one to buy. Again, the sayings, the, the inscriptions, and the pictures don't necessarily line up. But this, again, to remember, East Africa, even though plenty of people can read and write, are still very much based in an oral culture. And they don't have the cognitive dissonance that we do when the picture and the inscription don't directly relate. It is a profusion of color in an African marketplace and in an African street. Typically, women buy these conga or kitenge in matched pairs and they'll wrap one around their waist and they'll drape the other over their head or their shoulders. The kitenge, because they don't have a border around all four sides, can also be used to make clothing. Kanga and Kitenge, cloth and culture in East Africa, is available as a traveling exhibition. The exhibition includes uh, 70 stretched mounted textiles and an additional 180 textiles that are meant to be displayed in the manner that textiles are displayed in the marketplace over a rope covering the wall, the room, floor to ceiling. In addition, there are 50 uh, frame photographs that illustrate both the production and use of the textiles in Africa. There are a series of fashion posters that illustrate how the katenge are used as, uh, as the basic ingredient of African fashion. There are a group of other textiles as well, side blankets, kikoi, and some hand-decorated textiles, both batik and tie-dyed textiles. There are also a number of conga that are available for people to try on. 
for hands-on kind of thing. There's another hands-on component to design your own textiles. There are also some original designs for Conga, produced uh, for the Tanzania market and a couple that are commissioned specifically for this exhibition, and information about the artists and designers who create these. really um, hoping that you guys are getting something out of this and uh, I really also enjoy the fact that you know we have to tell more stories guys about what we do and who we are and what we produce and what we create we, we have to take um, ownership of that as well but one of the things I love and is honest is true about the lesser is the sayings so we call them metalli so when you look at the lesser and it's got the square border thing it's a uh, symbolic to you know when the woman described it as well and by the way that was kelly armor from the airy art museum who was really breaking down everything about the kanga but when you think about how she was breaking it down these little sayings on the lesson are like proverbs proverbs um in swahili we call them metali and it translates to english as proverbs and it's so many different proverbs in fact i have never seen any lesson with the same proverb can you imagine that so that means there's a lot of authenticity it's almost like when we spoke uh, about akwete and the fact that you know there's no one print that looks like the other so i think that that's really authenticity i think that that's also exclusive as well because people talk about exclusivity if you have a lesson and it has a methali and your sister has it and your auntie has 20 lessons we all have 100 lessons i mean everybody has a less every woman in east africa i think has a lesson two or three or ten but um i think that those proverbs and the fact that they are also different but they are always wise we call you can call them sayings wise sayings as well they're always so different but they're inspiring so if you see nothing else if you cannot see the color and celebrate the border and the colors and the prints on that lesson or kanga at least the one thing you should do is be able to translate that saying it might just lift your day up but anyway that was a bit about the kanga um i think it's really cool and um i think that what i want to do is i would like us to roll over um uh, do you have anything to share on the kanga lesson or i think we should roll over to another very interesting uh type of um textile uh, which is also from the continent we are going back to the west excuse me if we go west and east because that's just how we're rolling but did you know that there are actually two types oh oh here you are <laughs> yeah I, I i think i think you should have ended it with i think every lesson has a lesson a lesson oh. <laughs> every lesson has a lesson ah. <laughs> boom <laughs> we are late i even caught that late for a minute i had a delayed response but I like that. Every lesson has a ha, every lesson has a lesson. I like that. Have you thought of using the lesson cool. or have you does it inspire you in that way yeah. or do you just look at it as a lesson? Hon honestly, yeah, I haven't, but for sure it's just because of the the flow of it. I think it's a bit too light, so if I did there could be something more resorty and you know we do a lot of mute mud colors as in sandy beachy colors, rustic colors. So if uh, we would do this, then we'd probably kind of tame down some of the colors to kind of fit the fabric of the brand, like as in the color palette of the brand. And that's why I was heading towards the mud cloth because we could really control that with the fermented mud and all that. Mm, interesting. Well, I'm not going to try to have you use everything, but you know, I'm just, I, I, I have to ask you that question because you are also a creative and a creator of a brand and obviously yes. you think about fabric every day or every minute. But it's cool. I, I love that. Guys, for any questions, for any inquiries, you feel free, shout outs, whatever you want to do, anything you want to add on, please reach us on the socials on Fashion Lab AF on Twitter and Fashion Lab Africa on Instagram and Facebook. And I want to now roll over, guys, to the 
kinte cloth because I think that the kinte is a big thing. And one of the things that I don't know if people even know, there's actually two types of kinte cloth. Now, the Ashanti and the Ewe people celebrate, and Ewe is pronounced as, it's written as E-W-E, but it's actually pronounced as Ewe. So it's Ewe, but you understand what it is. So Ashanti and the Ewe people, they celebrate their woven kinte cloth, Nuentom, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing it properly, but it's a type of silk and cotton fabric made of interwoven cloth strips native to the Akan ethnic group of West Ghana. So I want us to really go roll back to Ashan, uh, Ashan Wa, who's been taking us through the uh, show, uh, you know, just opening up some of these conversations around the fabric so you guys can understand better what it is and what really sets it apart from the other, what differentiates it from the other. So let's roll over to Ashan. Let her break down the kinte cloth uh, in the two categories and we we'll, can start with either, but there's Ashanti kinte and there's Eve kinte. So let's uh, roll over. Laja is a channel dedicated to African fashion, print, and textile. So make sure you subscribe to stay tuned on my latest uploads. Today, I'll be talking about kente. The first fun fact I have for you is that there are actually two types. One you might have heard of, and the other one, not so much. The two types of kente are Ashanti kente, which is the more popular one, and Eve kente, which I'll be talking about next week. So stay tuned for that. Kente is a woven fabric made by the Ashanti people of Ghana and the Ewe people of Togo and Ghana. Unlike many other African textiles, Kente is a global symbol for Black as well as African culture. Starting in the 60s and moving through the 90s, Kente was and continues to be a fabric used by African Americans as a symbol of Black heritage and as a connection back to their African roots. You'll find that kente is used in graduation ceremonies and to highlight notable achievements within the black community here in the United States especially. One meaning that the African Americans ascribe to it is that which will not tear. So it's a symbol of strength. Too many fabrics are sold as kente, but I want to highlight and emphasize that kente cloth is not to be confused with kente prints or other commercial forms. I have a video on African fancy and wax prints that will shed some light on that. Real kente is made from narrow cotton woven strips that are stitched together to make a bigger cloth. The Ashanti people live in central southern Ghana. They are a matrilineal society ruled by the Queen Mother who actually picks her husband who is known as the Ashanti Hen. Neither the Ewe nor the Ashanti people use the word kente to describe their cloth. The Ashanti use Nsa Duasu, however, kente is used as the generic description. Is there a difference between Ewe and Ashanti kente? Yes, you see that the variances in the cloth are tied to their meaning and what exactly they're used for. Ashanti Kente is the more popular one, the one you've most likely encountered. It has high contrast, very vibrant colors in black, red, green, yellow. In both tribes, Kente weaving is men's work. However, women are fighting those ideals by forming unions where they teach themselves the art of weaving Kente. Boys are picked as apprentices by their fathers or the master weavers from a very young age. Amongst the Ashanti, weaving is a social event, so people chat, sing, giggle while they're weaving their thang. 
Ashanti Kente is a court cloth used amongst royalty. Non-royals use the cloth at their discretion and at the goodwill of the king, the Ashanti hen, who, according to folklore, has Anasi, the spider, to thank for introducing Kente or weaving into the Ashanti tribe. The folklore goes like this. Back in the 17th Blah. Once upon a time in the 17th century, two brothers were hunting when they came across a spider's web. It was Anasi's. But that one was like, hmm, brother too. You see what I see? I think I do. I think I do. I think we should learn how to weave what you think. I think you're right. They observed the spider, mastered its craft, and took their new skills back to Bonwire, which is actually the primary center for kente weaving in Ghana. So they presented their work to the then Ashanti hen and he was very impressed and decided to make kente the official royal court fabric. No one dared commission kente cloth without informing the court. Consequences for doing that involved death. Oh my god. Um, earlier times copyrights um, protection you know what i mean today many of the king's patterns are recopied laws aren't as you know strict earlier cloths were made from black white and blue yarn because those were the only dyes available back then but when the ashanti people started trading with foreign countries westerners silk was introduced to them and though they didn't really care for the cloth that the silk came in, they loved, loved, loved the area of colors. They unwove the silk into threads, into yarn, and mixed it with their kinte cloth. Because of the availability of these colors, weavers created much more complex patterns. The creation of visually engaging cloth, visually engaging kente amongst the Ashanti people was intentional. These individuals were status conscious, so they wanted their clothing to reflect that, to draw attention to who they were and their high places in society. The colors in kente have meaning. Each color combination is dependent on what the occasion it's used for. Each kente has its unique name. Currently, there are about 300 unique kente patterns with weavers creating new ones almost every day. The Ashanti named their cloth after famous people as well as mundane things. Most interestingly, Ashanti kente cloth is used to record history and social events. For instance, the cloth There Is Fire between two factions of the Oyoko people was created when civil war broke out after the death of King Tutu. Cloth names also changed to reflect times. When President Nkrumah married his Egyptian wife, Fathia, a cloth was commissioned called Fathia Bithrat Nkrumah. When he was disposed from presidency, the cloth name was changed to One Man Does Not Rule a Nation. Again, Ashanti Kente is widespread. You can find it in specialty shops here in the United States. If you are in Ghana, you can purchase some in Bonwaya, which I had mentioned was the primary location for kente production thank you for watching that is it for ashanti kente i wanted to separate both videos because so people guys you have heard it all this is the uh ashanti kente uh you guys can also just google it and find out more but we'll also be sharing a bit more so you can understand what's the difference between that ashanti kente and the ever kente kente is a, a very interesting fabric and the story and the narrative behind this 
fabric for me is really what takes me i'm just like lost i'm like god what am i gonna use next i'm even confused <laughs> like i want to use them all but then i'm like okay i need to stay focused how are you feeling odi it's a, it's amazing i'm just blows my mind uh, i know what it is i never knew what it means actually but i also didn't know that it had silk in it yes yes that's amazing it's yes. amazing so Personally, what I'm thinking is, I think you could play around with the color, the palette, pretty much just to switch your palette. But you could do a lot with these fabrics, really. They're all natural fabrics, so you could just play with the color to fit your, your palette, but then use them for all different purposes. It's quite rich in history, and I'm, I'm so surprised. The history is so rich, I was like, hold on, I need my notebook. <laughs> I can't God, remember everything. Same here. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, you know what? It's good though. I think it's a uh, it's beautiful, and I think for me, one of the things we are not doing enough is we are not telling enough stories about um, our culture, about our whatever it is that's uniquely African. And this is a great opportunity to see what's happening there and actually take advantage of it. I think, guys, we need to. Def there's so much story, so much depth and narrative in everything that we have and that we do and that we produce and uh like when you were talking about the mexican the the mexicans going crazy about this fabric or textile and i'm listening and i'm thinking what will the whole world know if they had to come on tours just textile tours and just go just stop with just one just let's focus on the just just the kinti alone will blow up blow their minds so um it's, it's yeah it's beautiful guys um i want to say that um when we spoke about Kitenge um, in the East, we also have to remember that there's Kitenge everywhere. In Southern Africa, um, they call it Chitenge, which is produced in Zambia, while originally dyed indigo, Shweshwe, which is the pre-1840s, characterized by intricate wow. geometric, geometric patterns. Shweshwe is South African as well, for those of you who don't know. Um, and it's funny that only when I moved to this country did I actually know what was Shwe. I'd never known. I was like, what? They're like, Shwe, Shwe. I'm like, Shwe, who did what? And like, no, it's the fabric. It's the textile. And I got to learn wow. about the history behind it. And it's quite rich as well. And um, even interestingly, more so how the relationship between the fabric and what it means and what it meant and how uh, the consumer relates to it today. That's a very big story. In fact, I think we should have we have to talk about that because uh, people don't know that, you know, it's great to celebrate the fabric and stuff. But it's interesting to see how people's relationships shift from this thing that they really liked or that really were connected to. And now it feels like it's a different. It symbolically feels like something different anyway. Uh, I want to also say that, you know, there's so many different areas. Um, in uh, Ethiopia, men wear the Ethiopian suit, women wear the Habisha Hemis uh, and that fabric. Um, I think that you also have a lot, a lot of inspiration from the Ethiopian fabrics. Uh, am I wrong for the island tribe collectives or? or, or it's, it, yes, it, it, it's, it's very relative. You're right. It's because the flowy, the yes. flowy feel and, and the, the texture, white, neutral colors. And the, texture. and the weight yes, of the fabric as well that's very true interesting that's very true it's a good observation and you see so island tribe most of it it's i don't know if you realize but the feel is supposed to be spiritual really part of the the brand and we're not talking about the brand but it's the spiritual factor that comes with most of our dresses it's flowy it's moving it's shifting it brings this sense of freedom and that's why you see a lot of movement you know in our designs it's just a sense of freedom so that's part of it 
I know one day we'll talk about this, but I just wanted to drop that in there. I think it's really cool, guys. Um, honestly, I think that, you know, like I said, the more information we have about uh, what's really going on, uh, the better it is for us. Um, and I think that, you know, for those of you who are in the design industry as well, the reason, like I said, that I thought this would be a great day to open this up was not, not just to sit down and unpack and sort of go through what we need to understand about the different textiles in the continent, but to also, once you understand them, then you have the liberty uh, or the platform, although you have a reason to now decide if you want to use them and how you want to use them, because now you know them. You can't use what you don't know, right? So I really think that I would like us to roll over back to uh, another little spread let's see maybe something else we can learn uh from these conversations on this larger blog which i'm really enjoying and i want to talk about shweshwe let's let's hear what let's hear what larger has to say about shweshwe let's roll over Hello and welcome back. Thank you for tuning back in. If you're new, my name is Ashan Wad. Laja is a channel dedicated to African fashion, prints, and textiles. Today, I'm going to be talking about South African Shui Shui. Shui, Shui is a printed and indigo dyed cloth made from cotton fabric and native to South Africa. The fabric comes in indigo blue, red, and brown. Today, you can get them in colors ranging from yellow, gold, black green turquoise pumpkin and shocking pink according to the dagama textile website it comes in geometric patterns and due to its timeless popularity has been dubbed the denim or tartan of south africa what's in the name the cloth is named after king moshushu the first of lesotho who popularized it upon receiving it as a gift from german settlers in the 1800s initially most Indigo cloth was imported from Holland and India and the dye was usually obtained from the natural indigo plant. Traveling back to the mid-1800s, after the establishment of seaports at what was then known as the Cape of Good Hope, Dutch settlers introduced Shui Shui to Eastern Cape and Natal. Initially, German women settlers wore the cloth and created such a huge demand that they started importing Shui Shui into South Africa. Eventually, Kosa. eventually, Kosa women also incorporated it into their own dressing as replacements for their coverings. Apparently, the Kosa ladies loved how the indigo blue contrasted against their dark skin. And I don't blame them. <laughs> the 18th and 19th century was an innovative era in the textile industry. European textile manufacturers developed a new printing technique known as block and discharge for indigo cloth. And a German scientist created a synthetic version of indigo dye that is still being used today in place of the natural version. Using these new methods, the fabric was printed in Czechoslovakia and Hungary by a man named Gustav Dusht. <laughs> Did I say that right? Gustav Dusht. Gustav Dusht. Gustav emigrated to England where he set up a textile factory manufacturing Shui Shui cloth. Eventually, his factory and equipment was acquired by 
another England-based textile firm in the 1930s. And at this point, the Shui Shui had such a high demand that there were about four factories manufacturing it with three cats being the most popular brand. In the 1980s, Shui Shui production was eventually introduced into South Africa when another UK company invested in Dagama textiles. Initially, the fabrics were printed and exported from the UK, but Dagama Textiles soon bought sole ownership of the South African targeted line known as Three Leopard. Three Leopards. The original engraved copper rollers were actually shipped from the UK down to South Africa, where they are still being manufactured till today. Thus, Dagama Textiles is the only manufacturer of Shui Shui cloth, authentic Shui Shui cloth today. And it's made in South Africa. And I dig it. And I love it. Yeah. How we gon' how we gon' authenticate real Shui Shui cloth? First, authentic Shui Shui is made from 100% cotton, high quality cotton. I believe Dagama Textiles, they import their cotton from Zimbabwe and they're manufactured in South Africa. I like it. I like it. Secondly, Shui Shui cloth is always 90 centimeters wide, unlike other textiles that are usually about 150 centimeters wide. Third, Shui Shui has a stiff and starchy feel, and this is with reason. Back earlier in the days, starch was added to the cloth to protect it from the elements while it was traveling by boat to its final destination this process is still done today however once you wash the shui shui cloth before you cut it before you sew it it reveals a much more softer material that's why it's so important that if you do buy shui shui cloth you wash it first before you use it because it does shrink slightly fourth and this might seem funny but is the taste test authentic shui shui tastes salty and you find that a lot of people who are in the fabric fabric trade they actually lick it to see if it has that salt taste this is a very strong way of knowing if it's the real deal real deal <laughs> real deal or not original shui shui has a stamp on the reverse side of the cloth with the name dagama textiles and three cats last but not the least original shui shui is manufactured <laughs> last but not the least original shui shui is exclusively manufactured and produced by dagama textiles in south africa anyone else that's trying to sell you on shush from any other place is a liar shush <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> guys get ready to taste it oh eh? you can taste it if it's, it's yeah if it's sugary it's not it's not right uh -huh. you know it's um it's we love <laughs> we are laughing and we are really enjoying this but the you know the the there's something true about you know these things and how to actually tell what's authentic and what's not authentic so one of the things i want to do i came across um uh an article on grass fields and they're talking about how you can spot fake african wax prints because we've had a couple of people also asking that question i think it's a very real question and you know we're laughing in the studio but first of all i have to i'm about to throw shade i'm about to put some people to shame <laughs> right here in the studio alone they don't even know <laughs> the history of Shui Shui, not even the history, a story. Mm -mm. 
even the salt they're just laughing they don't know they don't know if john peter's kimani is the one who introduced it into the country they don't know if leftovers from zambia were brought here uh, on their way to kenya <laughs> I've got a reason. <laughs> Tell us your reasons, Dave. Reason. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anything about Shosho because I know that it's from uh, Lesotho, right? Or Basotho. And, and I'm Zulu. Yeah, I'm Zulu. Like, I, I don't know nothing about No, it's like saying that you're. No, you know what? Let me leave what? you. Let yeah, no. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything. I, I, I know. I see it. I, at funerals, they wear shwe shwe's. I, I know that. But that's as far as it goes. I'm guys, this is a very rowdy batch, and they're about to try to now attack me here, guys. So if you don't hear from me right now, just know that I got attacked by these people who are trying to give me... They're trying to justify why they don't know shwe shwe. Guys, there is no justification in this continent. Like I said, the revoking of passports is coming. You've got the happily proud... I am Africa. It's time for Africa. Africa is now. Africa is now my leg. <laughs> when you don't even know what 100%, happened. 100%. Seriously, guys. 100%. So there's no excuses. They think that he can slide. <laughs> I'm not releasing you, Baba. We are all responsible. We learn. Ask Laja. <laughs> Hashtag Ask Laja right there. So listen, guys. Three simple ways to spot uh, fake African prints. Um, according to grassroots. Now, they talk about African prints, obviously, and the I know the three key things that they sort of highlighted. The first thing they said is the colors are deeper. So they talk about the colors, and some of you are still thinking colors. Now, fancy fabrics tend to have more intense, deeper color than a genuine wax print. So when you look at the orange, the orange is deeper. But then the question is, what if it was supposed to be a deeper orange? Then is it, you know, it's a bit tricky, but this is according to grassroots and I'm just sharing, grass fields and I'm just sharing. Now, plus a copy will only be printed on one side of the fabric. That's a real one. So guys, when you look at a print, you can turn it on back and forth. If you see one side doesn't have a print and the other one has, uh -huh, is the counterfeit market. <laughs> it's very simple. Did you guys understand that now? So I don't have to tell you exactly. Whereas with the real Kitenge Wankara, it's usually printed on both sides of the fabric and it's difficult to tell the inside from the out. Or did you want to add on something there because you sound like you're not sure? I wish I was an expert, really. I would definitely give up all that expertise to you you're so good at this i'm not even guys i'm learning at least at least i learn i don't say i'm from kenya and i don't know i just say you know what we're going to learn whichever one is from if it's from mexico we are taking it in if we, we learn about it and then you make sure that you can um once you learn about it you're empowered and you can make better that's decisions all, right that, that's all it's all about actually it's about cultural integration right so yes. we're gonna learn and enrich yourself with yeah. this knowledge and i'm so I love fabrics just like you do, so <laughs> I, I literally rub them on my skin all the well, time. Well, you know what? Could you send? Could you send? Stay a box of fabrics. <laughs> Maybe we start there. So we can start educating him because he's yeah. quite open-minded. It's just that someone is to, someone is to start teaching the brother something here, so he can know. Because right now his thing is he doesn't know and he's Zulu. So, <laughs> but honestly, the best thing with fabrics, it's as much as you learned it. The technical aspects of it what i learned myself is i close my eyes i wrap it on my skin so i can tell <laughs> eyes closed actually <laughs> okay it's, it's really the amazing. girls the girls in the studio are blushing and they're turning yellow and pink <laughs> <laughs> it's that crazy it's gonna run in your blood it's Guys, gotta be it is that so close serious. your eyes rub it on your skin that's silk that's cashmere that's cotton that's how you get it <laughs> 
He's a textile extraordinaire. Listen, why are we not taking the videos? Let me take a video and send you of their facial expressions. That's what I should have been doing while I'm laughing. But it's a very interesting facial expression. But oh my God. yes, they're very mesmerized about the fact that you rub it on your skin. But you know, I don't know how else. <laughs> I'm sending you a video. I'm sending you a video of them right now as we go on. But guys, for those who are tuned in, another thing as African prints are also produced using the wax resist method there's usually some sort of slight imperfection in the dye work and the pieces obviously will be a bit more unique so fancy fabrics on the other hand are more uniform in appearance and the printed patterns tend to be more precise guys when we say fancy fabrics do you know the word i want to use because you know me my, my words just fall out should my words fall out yes <laughs> waka waka oh no waka eh, waka eh. let me see <laughs> What do you want to call the other ones we use? We use them. I buy them as well. And I've bought them before, you know? The counterfeits. Mm. So the the non-original. Anyway, they're, they're calling them fancy. I don't know why these people call Everybody call this fabric. Well, a lot of people call refer to them as fancy. I don't know what's fancy about counterfeiting. But anyway, depending on the producer of the wax print, guys, you also obviously know, particularly those produced in Africa, may be one of a kind. So... Fancy fabrics are produced on mass for their target mass market. So even when you look at the prints, I can take you to a shop here. For those who live in, in South Africa, I can take you to shops. Even just here, you, for those of you who buy fabric, maybe you go to the plaza or you go to, you know, whichever fabric shop or whatever it is. You go into the what they call African prints. That is not African prints. None of those shops sell African prints. In fact, I get my African prints from my tailor's man. He's the main man. We just call him main man. And you get them in a six-yard format. They don't come on a roll. And that is also another way that I, for those who are wondering, how do you tell what's original, what's authentic? They don't come on a roll. They come on a six-yard measure. So they come in piece. You can't buy it on a roll. So another thing is, if you're thinking maybe you're finding this description complicated, just think about that. It's not, if it's in a roll, no. Then it means it's come from the other side. But it's also heavy. The African original authentic prints, the real, real Kitengas are heavier. Mm. So they're quite heavy. But there's nothing wrong. Whatever you choose to do, at least as long as you know what we're, you know, it's about knowing your fabric. Another way to be able to uh, sort of spot a fake African wax print is if you're looking for wax print fabric that you can enjoy for years, uh, you can actually sort of pay attention to the labeling you know how um when the girl was talking about a shwe shwe uh Lajah's, Lajah was just referring to the fact that shwe shwe has a i think a mark called maybe gamma or something she the said gamma. The the gamma. Gamma. Mm. so the same thing with shwe shwe real authentic print uh, 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 wax prints real authentic wax prints actually have a thing so whether it's going to be vlisco or whether it's going to be who's the other big wax print people um Nana Wax is a very hot uh, textile uh, pr uh, producer here in the continent as well. That's also anyway, guys. If you open the fabric on the back and you don't see any label on it, a writing, then it's not. Uh -uh. Uh, so I want us to just roll over seriously. I'm feeling a bit thirsty. Maybe not water. I think it's time to roll over to. Uh, it's time for your wine style guide. Brought to you by Liz Ogumba Wines. Uh -huh. This wine style guide of us. Hey, Odi, you know we are starting with you now. <laughs> Odi. 
Oh, this is going on you. We are starting with you for this wine style guide. What is your wine style guide today? And don't edge me. All right. Odie's feeling shy. Let's roll over to you. Yes, girl. You. Mm -hmm. Okay, my wine style guide for this week is if you go to a wine tasting, don't get too drunk. I know the wine is great. I know you get carried away, but... All I'm saying is just have something to eat before you leave because when you get to the wine tasting, chances are they'll be giving you cheese or grapes or very light stuff. So you don't want to leave there not even able to walk. So just make sure that you're there to taste the wine and not get drunk. And if you do want to get drunk, then make sure you have a driver or transport to go home. Please. That's my wine style guide. No, guy. please <laughs> let me just finish your wine style guide. And don't get drunk on the wine, please, guys. It's too precious. <laughs> Oh, spoken like a true wine extraordinary. I'm telling you, I'm like, guys, if you want to get down and crazy and whiny in the wine, please don't do that. Odie, it's your turn. I know you're feeling a bit shy earlier, but we are back to you. What is your wine style guide today, Odie? Odie's not talking. All right. Um, Odie? Yes. Oh, D. 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 All right, guys. Well, today my wine style guide um, is sip, but don't spit it. Sip it, but don't spit it. So the one thing that I really drives me nuts when I go to wine tastings, and thank you for setting the tone today, um, Bali, because I'm thinking, let's talk about wine tastings. And one of the things that I find really hard <coughs> to accept, accept or to take is when you sit in a wine tasting and you've got all of these different buckets and you've got people sipping wine and actually spitting it while you're trying to sip it and enjoy it. So I think that it wouldn't hurt. I don't know how much they spit out, but just this process of spitting it out just makes me feel like I'm done and I'm going home. So please, guys, if you need to spit, go to the toilet. I don't know who came up with this spit and sip. And we'll talk about this more. If you really want to know my real deep sentiments, please follow me on Lizzo Goomba Wines where I get to share and to spill out my heart on wine, not just from my wine brand perspective, but from like, please do not do that again. Oh, do we have you for the wine style guide? Yes. Wait a minute. You know what? I was speaking, but I think I was out of muted, so you couldn't hear what I was saying. Unfortunately, what a shame. All right. Uh, all right, Odie, it's your turn. Okay. <laughs> so, listen, you know, I don't drink, but I love vineyards because the best food exists there. So, I watch them drink and I enjoy my palate. I enrich my palate with beautiful foods and fresh grapes. So, my wine style guide is show up at the right time and get some of the best foods if you don't drink. I still show up there. So. <laughs> <laughs> you're like a nice uh, hanging out with buddy you'll be like let's go you'll be like let's go it's cool and you can be the designated drive driver as well. <laughs> yes. always i'll drive you home <laughs> oh wow that's cool um one more person needs to actually tell us her wine style guide and this is our afrique stabel um connection what is your wine style guide today madam two kittens do not stain your glass with your lipstick always be careful be watchful and um, secondly use the right cup don't use the wrong cup use the right cup yeah to keep uh i think that she means um use the right glass guys okay so we try all small small but we are happy we day for this uh wine tasting and uh, wine style guide 
so thank you guys yeah i think it's really cool um so thank you for that wine style guide um before we roll over to our last segment um Odi, i just want to uh, find out from you if you have any parting shots or anything uh, that you would like to share uh, around this textile uh african textile conversation we've had which which has been quite intense actually a lot of information but very important information to have yeah, I, I think from a designer perspective, it's 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 time we explored some of these fabrics and uh, don't even worry about which regions they came from. I think whatever they came from, they came from the continent, from the motherland. I think we should think harder. Honestly, not we, Liz, because I know you're already doing a great job. I think probably for someone like me being out in the States, I should find ways of uh, incorporating some of these fibers into my designs. I think you're already doing an amazing job. I feel so educated today. So I'll definitely go do some of my research and i promise you one of my collections i think uh, i'll go for it i'll go for it wow thank you surprises we love surprises yes and like i said yes, i'm not even definitely. yeah i'm not even there yet but i just feel like for me once you have the intent then it's a step forward because some people don't even have that intention uh, so i think for me what i'm just saying is for you for edgy for people who haven't or don't live in a place where you have crazy access to these things like we do uh, it's nice when you still have the intentions to make it happen and you know when you get a chance come out and sort of explore and see what works for your brand or what works for your next story um, Bali any padding shots on this conversation around African textiles today <laughs> um, yeah I, I also agree with um, my gentleman who likes to feel his textile on his body <laughs> Odi. <laughs> Odi. <laughs> I'll also start trying that because I mean I'm not such a, a lover of textile and stop laughing yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah I just think we need to just make sure that we're more informed and we we just do our research and do our homework I mean we don't really want to look like we're wearing something we don't even know anything about it so yeah Stay and I are going to take this very seriously and <laughs> and learn more about our textiles and where they come from and what can be done with them i think yeah knowledge is power and we should know about what we're wearing it's very good i think uh what i'd love us to do guys is for those who are tuned in thank you and i hope that this has really um elevated your mind stretched your mind a bit given you information that you didn't have given you ideas uh that you could be able to explore and you know sort of further get into this uh but what i would like to do is to roll onto our fashion lab top three uh, I'm going to start with you, um, Odi. Anything that you know, and then you, Bali, you'll do number two, and I will do number three, and that will sort of be uh, our, you know, sort of way to wrap up this conversation. I think you've sort of, prob we've all probably mentioned something that was really important. So even if you want, you can throw it in the fashion lab top three. But let's start with you, Odi. What's your fashion lab top three? What's oh, you mean the topics we covered today? Yeah, no, normally Fashion Lab yes. 3 is just like a recap. So one key thing around this that you can share with people. And, and, I, and I normally do this, and sorry for our listeners as well, I do, we do the Fashion Lab Top 3 so that you who's been listening and tuned in for two hours can be able to have three key things that can remind you of what was so important about this conversation because we also have conversation overload generally in our lives you've got music there's news someone's talking to you there's things you're learning there's so i'm just saying to make it easy for you great, to remember great great yes. great 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 got it got it of course you know i'm new in the club so i'm just yeah. gonna get better <laughs> new in the family yeah one is the kinter i think i really got inspired about the spider story 
and and I just found it so intricate and that really caught my interest. So the, the design behind these fabrics and just the patterns and the kingdom, I mean, being from a king and being patterned in the community, I think that was very important. And I also realized, listen, there were patterns already being run in this part of the world, just by learning and then secondly i think from uh, so from Odi, everyone's that, doing one there's three so you do one and then bali does oh, one then the i kinte, do one <laughs> take the kinte mine is the kinte top okay. three kinte yes <laughs> all right <laughs> and what's yours today um bali mine is um i just want us to make sure that um we are informed so you gave us a good three points as to how we can see whether material is genuine or waka waka as you said <laughs> so i think there are other ways so we need to make sure that we, we we get ourselves informed and we know so you can always research and we'll also have that information for you on the podcast about how you can see whether the material is genuine or not so that you don't go around saying that you're wearing original african print <laughs> meanwhile yeah, you, 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 waka waka. Waka waka. <laughs> so that's what i'm saying just be informed so that you know even when they sell it to you like but i know you shouldn't be charging me that much so yeah i think for me the top three today the third uh, key thing i think would i would say would be um out of this topic is it's our responsibility to conserve our indigenous textile history not even history even current our textile and industry mm. so i think that this to me is what this has revealed and let me tell you we don't sit here thumping our chests and saying we know it all. I'm learning from conversations, like just the conversations I had with Madhu from Afrique Stabel was so insightful and so empowering and so such a big reminder to me to remember that as a part of the fashion value chain in this continent, as an Africanist, as a person who cares about development in this continent, there's things that we can actually do that also contribute to this even further. I mean, Fashion Lab is, is, is we are safe, you know, trust me. <laughs> we are paying our school fees and we are being responsible, but I think beyond that we can do more. So. Uh, conserving our indigenous textile industry is a key thing, but the responsibility is on you, me, Bali, stay who's learning and honor and all of us in the industry. It's our responsibility. No one's going to do it for us. Uh, so for those who have been tuned in, I'm really enjoying this. Um, I hope that you guys have enjoyed it as well. Um, Bali, thank you for your fashion alert. Uh, thank you to our guest uh, contributor, Odi, for also sharing his insights. I want us to roll over to uh, the last and the funnest um, segment of the show, which is our... Let's just roll over. Ooh, would you want to dress? <laughs> <laughs> Who would you want to dress? I think let's start with Bali on this one. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would like to dress, it was Oprah's birthday and I am a big Mama O fan. So I would love to dress Oprah and I would love to dress her in some stretch room material. Imagine that. Mm, <laughs> someone's learning. Very good. We're proud of you. <laughs> Audrey, who would you want to dress today? <laughs> you, know, you know what? I said it last time, but I'm saying again, Liz Ogumbo. I Ooh. think I'm definitely in. I want to dress Liz. Okay. Yeah. Audrey, thank you, yes. but don't don't pull an edgy on me. You know how edgy wants to dress me 10 times and I'm like, stop dressing me. I don't want you to dress me anymore. But thank no, you very no. much, um, Audrey. I'm flat blessings blessings now uh madu who would you want to dress today mm, who do i want to dress who do i want to dress okay yeah i want to dress um dj copy 
Yeah, I don't know if you guys know her. Femi Otodela's daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's from Nigeria. She's a DJ. Mm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> her name is um, um, Florence Otedola. Yeah, I want to dress her because I think she's she's getting it wrong. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like too. getting I it wrong. I mean, <laughs> I really uh, agree. Oh yeah, um, I'm with she's, you. She, she's promoting culture. She's she's promoting. Um, you know, most times you see her wearing um, uh, print, print, print. She, according to her, she says she's promoting culture, but she wears Ankara, and Ankara <laughs> is is yeah foreign fabrics it's not it's not um 100 african Ouch. so i would want to dress her with a direct exercise yeah because i need i think she needs to get it right and she i think she needs to wear right so i want to dress dj copy she's from copy it was not me well yeah it wasn't me <laughs> that is coming from Africa bell and she wants to dress you anyway so today because of that i need to now bring this thing back into you know how you have like sometimes you have too much salt too much sugar <laughs> i'm gonna come to the middle soften it up a bit because that's what we should do today i want to dress you Odie, but I, not i didn't know you wanted to dress me so it's not a mitch matchy matchy <laughs> thing cool no i'm just saying the reason i want to dress you is because you actually guessed my jumpsuit color right and you almost it's like almost like you envisioned it so that was a vibe though that yeah. was a vibe yeah so because it's a vibe it's a vibe let's vibe it let's vibe so i want to dress you in the lizo gumbo also green military mashup jumpsuit oh like what i'm wearing but obviously for the man because i think you'd work it really well i would just tweak in like obviously the sleeves but everything else could probably just work honestly um it's quite thank unisex. you so much mm-hmm. I, yeah I rock it real good as that, you know i'm a soldier so you know that right yes so I I, yes yes yeah yes <laughs> thank you <laughs> guys thank you. <laughs> for those who are listening oh i have got some bad news because the show is over now uh-huh. so now you will have to go home unfortunately but you know guys we love that you keep plugging in we love that you are tuned in and uh whatever it is that you need to share with us whatever you want to hear more of you can catch us on info at fashionlabafrica.com drop us an email you want to share your thoughts here you want to contribute as a guest you want to whatever you want to do we are so flexible i'm telling you we even do cutwheels and backflips on the beach if you just in case you are asking but anyway it's fashion lab africa it is peace and love until next week oh yeah we're out (laughs) Fashion Lab Africa. Real conversations, real fashion.